Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From the Apostrophe Podcast Network. Hello, Canadian Star System podcast listener, hopefully listeners. It's Steve here. I want to start today's episode by saying thanks to you for listening in to us for all these episodes now and getting to know more about some really fantastic Canadian stars and their fellow Canucks that they believe are stars in their own right. I have some good news and some less than good news this week. The good news is this episode features a longtime buddy of mine who is a bonafide Canadian star with a hit show that I couldn't be happier to see succeeding and have his star still rising. The less than good news is that this is our last episode for the foreseeable future. The reason being that as everyone's schedule fills up with more and more commitments, which is a good thing, it becomes less and less possible to schedule time for interviews. As I speak, I'm on the road in a hotel room in Saskatoon, your envy is assumed, and I don't even know where Diana is, but I know she's very busy, as are many Canadian entertainers and other stars that we'd love to talk to. If this were a high-budget show with a large staff of people to work on arranging interviews, we could try to squeeze some more in, but that's not the case. We have a small, dedicated team, and everyone is moving on to other paid projects. Simply put, we love doing what we do, but we can't afford to do it for free. And in a way, that's been the problem with the Canadian star system, air quotes there, all along. Talented people ready to work without the infrastructure to support them. Where does that infrastructure come from? Well, in the podcast world, it comes from paid advertisers. And unfortunately, we don't have enough of them lined up here to support the show. It also comes from champions of Canadian stars putting our talent first and foremost. And while the situation is improving, I think we simply don't have enough champions of Canadian stars. So as we bid you adieu for now, I say thanks, merci, miigwetch for listening. And I hope you enjoy this last episode of the Canadian star system. We set out to prove that we do have sort of a star system, but it really needs improving. And I believe that we've proven that. I say a huge thanks to my co-host and producer, Diana Francis, and our tech producer, Donovan Deschner, for all the hard work that they've done. 
Enjoy this episode. And if you have Canadian talent that you want to support, please, for the love of Canadian God, that's Gord, please do. Enjoy this last episode. And sincerely, everyone, thanks for listening. Cheers. They all come from the unknown north. Talent, drive, and a pride worth paying for. But just because they're above the 49th parallel, it doesn't mean we shouldn't celebrate them just as well. So give it up to these Canucks. Because our self-promotion sucks And if they all went away We sure would miss them The Canadian star system Welcome back to the Canadian star system A podcast full of Canadian stars Who have somehow figured out how to beat the system of Canada Not having stars We talk to Canadians that you know, and then they introduce us to Canadians you might not know yet, but you will. I'm your host, Steve Patterson, and if you're wondering what level of Canadian star I am, I think I'm somewhere between Orion's belt and Orion's socks. Grow up, everyone. With me, as always, is the person who makes sure I don't screw up the introduction and is already looking a bit disappointed, my co-host and producer, no relation to Francis of Assisi, Diana Francis of Canada. Hi, Diana. Hello, Steve. You you did not screw up that intro. Well done. Well, it's only because there's really no game plan for it. So it's there's no way to really screw it up. Yeah. Good job. Nice to see you, my friend. It's great to see you. You're in a different location today than usual. I'm in Vancouver today. Yes. Oh, that's why. That's why it looks like it just looks classier out there. It looks, it looks less snowy. Now. Yeah. It looks happier. It does. You look happier. I know. I'm always happier in Vancouver. I guess I know. I know we're trying to make this international or at least at least national. Listen, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get right to it because we've kept our guests waiting because one of us uh, is challenged by technology and that person is me. So let me ask you this question. You've got a lot of different writing experience in a lot of different writing formats. Have you ever mined your childhood for inspiration on, on writing projects? I feel like almost everything that I write in some way or another minds my childhood. That's why I'm in comedy because of the, so. because of the, you know, the, what are they, the tragedy plus time equals comedy. Oh, um, so yes, yes, I have. Yes. And I have written my own half hour sitcom about uh, my childhood, my gong show life with adoption called right. given up that we are just about to start pitching again, which oh, is very good. exciting. Yeah. Good. I think that's a great, angle on things and i know that you're, you're getting the pitch down now because it's it's uh it's been on the cusp for a while so i hope it gets over the cusp this time so do i <laughs> and what about you steve yeah you know when i whenever i've done stand up i used to just always talk about my dad it used to just be things he, he said it wasn't even jokes and my dad would come and go that's not comedy i'm like well <laughs> you know to you it's not but to other people it is so yeah i've always I've always tried to do it, but now that I'm a dad, I talk more about being a dad than being a, a son. So I think there was a bit of a of a transformation. I don't transformation is probably too strong a word, but anyway, the only reason I bring it up, Diana, you know, I never say nothing for no reason, <laughs> is that our guest today is making the most of mining your childhood, not yours, but his for material. He's one of Canada's most familiar faces, not only for his work 
as the now senior cast member of the beloved show This Hour Has 22 Minutes, but also for films like The Grand Seduction and now for his own series based on his hit debut book, Thought of a Critch. It is pointless now trying to keep you guessing who he is, as I just gave it away. And you're probably only listening to this episode because you saw his name. So let's just get to it. It's Mark Critch. Yay. Hello, friend. Hi, friends. Hi. I love that over your shoulder in your echoey new home that you just told us about, you Mm -hmm. do the same thing that I do when I'm at home. You got the awards strategically placed there. Well, I, it is a bit echoey because I just moved into a new house. So these are the only things in this room. There's a box <laughs> and a guy is building shelves here and here. And he came and he framed up and he did a whole thing. And, uh, and I never saw him again. He just left <laughs> and he went off to do what contractors do. And they look for bigger things to build and somewhere <laughs> he's building another CN Tower. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a back cave without bath. But it's a very, I, I, I want to say that this massive success hasn't changed you, but you're in echoey rooms now and you've got a chair with rivets <laughs> on it. And uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a Gemini and a Canadian Screen Award. That's just showing the longevity that you hold in this business, my friend. This one, they don't even make anymore. <laughs> I, I, I've had, a, I have a couple of these and I don't have them. I never, these are the only awards I have because these are the ones they hand you. Right. And there's nothing written on these. There's no plaque. They send you the plaque. You're supposed to write in for the plaque. And I never got it. So these could be if you don't have one, you can have this one and no one will ever be able to say it's not yours. (laughs) I've been too cheap to pay the 300 bucks each time for another one because I'm Canadian. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Nobody even knows what that is. I love too that the, the Gemini, if for the listeners at home, the Gemini is like the silhouette of a man's face. Yeah. And the Canadian Screen Award looks like a giant hug. And the way that you have them positioned together, it really looks like the face is going in for a nice squeeze. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That is yeah. nice. Yeah. It's it's a uh, a silhouette of a face. And uh, there was also the Genie Award, which is for Canadian film, which I don't have because they only went to Gordon Pinsett for French people. <laughs> <laughs> they should I'm just neither. rename that the Pinsons, actually. I do want to move on, but that is a nice, a nice throwback. And I didn't know you moved, my friend. I liked your I liked your old place. I did. We moved. We we found a uh we, we live in, in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. Yes. Yeah. And it is uh we live downtown in a house that was from 1893. Three and now we moved into a house that's from 1873. I love it. I love that you're so, moving backwards. <laughs> I'm moving backwards in time, uh, into in slightly older, draftier homes because, uh, and you know, it's all coal powered because screw you, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I don't want to say it's changed you, but I look. I like to start with questions that I don't think anyone else has asked you because you're doing a lot of interviews now. My friend, you're, it's, I, I'm so happy to see all the success of Son of a Critch, the show, of the book. But I'm going to start with a question that I would think almost no one else could ask. How different do you think our lives would be if we had attended the Just for Laughs big industry party in the late 1990s instead of going to my hotel room and splitting a case of beer? Do you, have you ever thought back about that? Well, you know, this was back in the early days yeah. of humor. Uh, it was <laughs> us as, as Stephen Leacock was there. That's Wayne right. Schuster was a Johnny Wayne and Frank Schuster were just a couple of kids trying to get radio. This was back in the 90s. And we uh, were at both at Just for Last Comedy Festival. And there's a big swank party. It was the first time I ever saw the comedian Jimmy Carr. It was the first time, I think, in Canada at the festival. 
and he was wearing a tie and he was drinking tea in the bar, which I can remember thinking like, okay, we get it. You're British. Calm down. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, okay. And I looked around earlier. So, and we figured myself and Steven figured, well, let's go have a cup of beer and then we'll come down to the industry party where we're going to meet and greet all the big make show, big showbiz personalities. Uh, the network showcase was there. Uh, there was someone from uh, Hinterlands Who's Who, and we could have <laughs> signed big Canadian deals. And we got up there, we started drinking and laughing, and we drank a case of beer and started watching hockey. And then at one point, I think we realized, where do we get more beer? And then we looked at each other, oh, right, the birdie. <laughs> and we went down and someone was actually vacuuming, like it was a, a, a cartoon. <laughs> it was, and it was yeah. all over. That was our shot. So like three icebergs left, or the not icebergs. Sorry, I'm looking. I think St. John's three ice cubes left in the bin. That was it. We they, we had missed the entire party, and uh, I mean, I think that's where my love affair with uh, with Mark began, really there, because he was just a. I I, I already knew you were on a, a great trajectory, my friend, but you were you weren't letting uh you know you weren't you weren't playing the the schmooze game, which so many do, and you know there's people that play the game in in and out, but I mean you've always you've always been yourself. And now you've managed to mine yourself for all the material <laughs> that, and now everyone's getting to know you a little bit, but I've always appreciated how, how genuine you are. And I got to ask, this as my follow-up to that. Are you now at the point in your life where, and I know people come to you for, with, for comedy advice and with, with, you know, people that are in comedy all the time. Are you yet at the point in your life where you've used the line, kids got to make his own way? <laughs> Ah, you remember that? Uh, that was that was. I need some uh, context. What what yeah, what's sorry. that from? A young Mark Rich is in Halifax <laughs> on his comedy journey, and uh, Mr. Dan Aykroyd is coming through town, and he is doing a blue show slash hawk and vodka, and he's selling right. uh, the crystal head vodka. Now, before that, I think he was involved with Patron then, and, oh, and wow. so okay. this which led to Crystal Head. So anyway, so he is there. And then afterwards, he had a great guy from Hamilton named Wally High who worked with him for a long time. Wally's no longer with us. And Wally High was much like his name. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Wally a real was Wally. a great, a real Wally. But he he often was, you know, he was very much Dan's right-hand man and had gone and been on films with him. Like he would have been on Ghostbusters and Blues Brothers and all these things, oftentimes seen in the background as, as a day player. Um, but he was there, there with him the whole time. And then so he asked, uh, he came over and said, hey, man, do you want to come back to Dan's room and party? And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. All right, man, cool. And so we go back, myself and Wally High and Dan Aykroyd, we ended back at his hotel room. And a party is, it's, it's thrown around loosely <laughs> in, a, in a way that you would not expect a man who has made films with John Belushi to use it. I was expecting <laughs> a much bigger party scene instead of myself, <laughs> Wally High and Dan Aykroyd. And so Wally started playing me some of the music he had written and hoped to get out. We're talking about things. And Wally and uh, his, his, his wife, who he referred to as his old lady, man, would, they said that they would win in Canada, would watch 22 Minutes and had liked some of the stuff I had done. And Wally was saying that, hey, man, come on, Dan, man, you got to help this cat, man. He's like you. He was a writer on the show like you were, man. You should call Lauren and get him a break, man. And Dan's like, kid's got to make his own way. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, yeah, 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 that's it's fine. I got to make my own way. He goes, come on, Dan, man. This is going to be cool. You can help this guy out. He's Canadian. He's a writer like you, man. No, no, really. It's okay. Kid, you got to make your own way. And I'm like, 
oh, for frig's sake. And this just went around. And this was most of the event was just us sitting around with him just pitching the same sentence at Dan. Dan's goaling it the same way. And then I realized, well, I guess, you know, this is as close as I'll ever get to help. It's not here. And I made my own way. But I, I, don't, I don't believe in not helping. I, I think that if Canada's a small place, especially us Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, you know, we're on the out when we were like, you know, kind of late to the party with Canada. And we have our, you know, Gordon Pinsons and our Mary Welshes and people like that. And they always would try and get someone involved in a project or look, keep an eye back. Uh, Mary was aware of me and got me up writing on 22 minutes and stuff like that. So we didn't have the same comedy advantages. A lot of, you know, you, 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 you could tour much easier on, in mainland Canada. And there were comedy clubs. There was no real stand up or anything like that for us here. And it was, you know, sketch. And theater was a big thing, but our audiences were limited. There's only seven of us on the island. So <laughs> five of them were in one troupe. So it was very rough for the, all the three of us. And uh, yeah, so hey, I, think it's, I think it's important to do. I think it's, we all have to help each other and, and we all have to uh, support each other or there's, there's no point. Well, it's, it's all coming around, isn't it, my friend? It's, it's so amazing. You know, whenever you have someone that you've known for a long time, and they're a good person. You, you want to root for them. You want to tune into their to their shows or projects, whatever they're doing, as a good good Canadian does to support their friend. And then you sit down to watch it, and and the thought is, man, I hope this is good. <laughs> I want to support. <laughs> I want to support my friend, and I want it to. I want it to. I so want it to be good. And I sat down to watch your show, and I I, I knew it, I, how could it not be? I'd read the book. I know you so well. I, and you brought in Tim McAuliffe, all these you know great people to work on it. And then I watched it. And I'm like, oh my god, it's it's actually good. Thank God, what a relief! <laughs> it's it's funny. It's full of heart. Uh, we talk about mining your your childhood for material, and man, you that entire show. A lot of it takes place in you know in the replica of your childhood home, this little place off the highway. What is the feeling like of having your childhood that was just this little thing that you you know? I can't imagine you ever thought I better keep mental notes about this because one day <laughs> all of Canada and beyond will be watching this every week. What does it feel like? It's so strange because in a way, like these are all the stories I've been telling all my life to friends like yourself. Mm. And then I, uh, my house has been torn down since the nineties. Mom and dad are both passed on. And we, I had to sketch out my house and there weren't that many pictures of the house. There's pictures of a Christmas tree. There's always pictures of like one place of the house where you hmm. took photos, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I was like, man, okay, we got that wall covered. That's sourced. And, uh, and then the rest of it, like piecing together from little bits and finding pictures and kind of sketching it out for a wonderful team. And then they reconstructed all this stuff. And then they'd be coming in with things like, Mark, what about this fabric for the curtains? And I'm like, guys, I'm not Churchill, you know, like nobody's going to know. It's fine. It's like, you know, are these the pants your father wore? It's like, we're just a brown slack. We'll do they make slack. And uh, so that was fun. But then a lot of the furniture, there was some furniture that is in the set, like in the dining room. It, it looks a lot like the house. And in the dining room, there's some wicker furniture jammed against the walls next to the chairs, which is kind of strange, but that's the way it was. This belonged to my grandmother. This was one of the only possessions she had uh, when she had moved in with us. And so they were always there. So those are 
bits and bobs of, of the actual furniture from my parents' house. And the radio that's on the kitchen counter that we feature a lot, because dad worked in radio and there always was radio on, that's the radio that was on their kitchen counter uh, in the 80s. That's the radio that was on growing up because they kind of kept everything. They never got a new thing. Like the radio never worn out. So when mom died, it was when it was like, oh, I want the radio. Oh, and that's so a the lot actual of, radio, Mark? Is that yeah, just a wow. A lot of the stuff in the house is the real stuff, right? Oh, so, wow. And pictures around are, are real things. And so that's neat because the house had been gone since the 90s. And they we designed it and it looks the same. And then uh, the first time I was there, I was sitting in my dad's chair. And I was, I go, I thought, feels like I'm home. Yeah. I wonder if I can close my eyes and walk all the way around without bumping into anything. Mm. And I did. I went all the way around. Yeah. And, it's, and, it's, and it was so weird because it felt like I was there. And uh, when my brother, who is still alive at the time of this recording. Uh, <laughs> my, Ominous. Mike, no, Mike he is careful eight, out there. He is eight years older. Anything <laughs> could happen. Um, we, uh, he came and he was just, you know, he was just not aware of you know, he knew it was happening, but he didn't know how good it looked. So he was right. blown away. It was quite eerie. And then the, fur, the clothing I'm wearing is all based on recreations of dad's clothing. And it's dad's red VOCM news jacket that yeah, all the reporters had to wear with his patches. So it's kind of weird when, you, when you're sitting at a table and you look down and you're wearing your dad's clothes and you look <laughs> over and there's some furniture that was really there and the radio's on it and it's their radio. And then you look over and Malcolm McDowell is sitting next to you like, <laughs> What have you done, you madman? <laughs> you know what? What is wrong with you? Just go see a therapist. Why are you making people rebuild your childhood home? <laughs> this time, no one dies. You know, it's like that kind of thing. It's, so. for, it's for our, it's for our entertainment and uh, and our our need, Mark. It's for our needs. It's not about you anymore. It's for us. We need the content, yeah. and we need the CanCon. We need the well. It's it's. Honestly, it's it's just such a great show. You're the you're the narrator on it. You play your own dad. What what's weirder, playing your own dad on TV as a tribute to him and the way he grew up, or a young, uh, handsome, strapping lad playing a younger version of yourself? What what's weirder, or is it when you look to the uh, actress that's playing your mom, and then there's occasional scenes where you have to kiss her as her husband? What's the of those three? What's the weirdest? My mother wife is weird. I'll be honest <laughs> yes. with you. Yeah. <laughs> because she's my wife on the show, but she's my mother in real life. And that's confusing. I originally wanted to, to Martin short it. You know, I wanted to uh, Clifford this and play the kid too. And I thought if I had the right wig <laughs> and they could Irishman it and just, you know, I could be, I think, I'm, oh, ready the Irishman. For, <laughs> I'm ready for school. You know, I thought I could do it because I had the energy, but they said, no, it's too no. much. Uh, no. So we got a little British boy. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I think that the weirdness is there are moments where I'm outside of the scene and everything's recreated and the vehicles are the same. And I'll be sitting on stand on the playground of the school on the parking lot and all these kids are dressed the way we were. And there's somebody dressed like it is very much like I always feel like Scrooge when the ghost is taking him <laughs> around, you know, Luke Markrich, there's you in school. <laughs> With a nun who, oh, don't you regret not kissing the redheaded girl? Oh, spirit. Um, that's how I feel. So those are out-of-body experiences every now and then, and it's quite, quite odd. How tough is it to mine material? You talk, you've talked about it's like kind of tugging on a, on a rope, 
And Diana, you can jump in here for uh, this. This is where we're going to go to the writing mindset. Mm. Welcome to the writer. We're, st- we're selling this as two different podcasts. <laughs> uh, welcome to the writer's mind with Mark. Crit. When when you're, you know, looking back and you're, you know, oh, this is an event that happened. Let me see how much I can remember that. And you, and I like the analogy of you're kind of tugging a rope. Let's see. Let's see what comes out. And then to do it again, to be so hands on and involved in the TV version of it. So now you're taking the story from the book where you can say whatever you want. And now you're like, oh, we have to actually recreate this now. Now we got to pull, you know, different visual elements out of it. How, how tough was that for you? Were you kind of amazed yourself at, at the details you could remember going back? Did you use old photos to go back in your mind? Because I know when I'm trying to think back, I can't always think that clearly. And I sort of blame it on, on you know, you feeding me scotch over the years. And I think that, <laughs> I think that you've like, you, you filled yours with water sometimes and like, and that's old Patterson, no memory on him anymore, but I'm going to do a three-part series on my life. <laughs> I Dean Martin you. I was yeah. drinking apple juice. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Well, the thing is, I think it's, it's, you know, at a certain point it has to become a TV show and then you, you create your cast of characters and then you, you make changes. Like growing up, my grandfather actually died of TB when my, dad was five years old 95 years ago and our grandmother shared the bedroom kind of thing Hmm. but what we thought we would do is in the pop character i want is a mix of a lot of these older people who helped kind of raise us who are always around Uh, like kind of like a cousin of dad's named frank leonard who was older and they had lost their parents too during the depression and people died of tb and stuff like that so what they did was they came together and they decided to, these two families, help raise each other. So, um, wow. yeah, so dad's father died of TB when, I, when he was five, 95 years ago. So he's not around. So what I d- did was I kind of mixed the, the older people into this one character, who was also a bit like my dad when he was older, who was the pop character. So we're going to make him, all these people want just to, for, you know, because they can't have too many characters. And um, the redheaded girl, Fox, in the book, Fox is a boy. But... In this book, we wanted to have, uh, you know, a possible love interest, a foil, a bully. And I thought it's way funnier for a little boy on the playground to be getting beaten up by this girl. Yes. Uh, and, and so, but also that did happen too. There's girls on my bus who used to beat me up, who <laughs> later I had a crush on. But I just, it's just different stuff in the book. And in the book, everything has kind of changed because I didn't want to upset anybody. You're talking about somebody else's youth. So I mixed these three fellows into this character Fox. In the TV show, it's just different people mixed into this one character Fox. But it's sort of that archetype of that same family with a lot of siblings. So it's kind of, it's, it's an adaptation of the book, but not really. It's just a different way of me telling my childhood story. Because all there's lots of, there's things that happened in 1983, in 1989, in 1987, but they're all mixed into this one year. And now because we have to start with grade seven. So it becomes its own suit and you kind of got to go with it and not go, but wait, the bus was <laughs> right. actually the route seven. Uh, <laughs> you have to go like, okay, well, this is it. Let's tell the story. So what I always say is the spine of every story is true. Like what I'm trying to say is true. And then there's a potpourri of lies around <laughs> that. So it, it's a mixed bag. You, you don't have fiction, to... fiction, storytelling, fiction. lies, you know, it's fiction yeah, and yeah, storytelling. It's, it's, it's well, people come up to me and they're always asking me, who's that? Is that this person? Is that this right. person? Is that? And sometimes they're right. And, but I can't say because uh, 
I don't have the right to tell anybody else's story. And I think the, the clearest part of that is there's one episode one seven I really, really wanted to do. Uh, and that is about the uh, sexual abuse scandal yes. that happened with the Christian brothers. And I thought, I don't think we can talk about the 80s in Newfoundland school system and the Catholic school system without talking about it. It didn't happen to me. It happened to people I knew. So I can tell the story through my eyes and through what happened to me. And it's never really mentioned. It's alluded to. It, it's, it's hanging there like a weight. But the whole thing is like, you know, when I was a kid, nobody would tell us exactly what had happened. It was always, and you had to kind of figure out by yourself until one day a teacher in this show is brief finally said, well, what do you want to know? We're going to tell you. And it was like the balloon to pop. So we wanted to, uh, I wanted to share that story. That was really important because I thought if we're going to have funny nuns and priests and all this stuff, I think it's important to talk about the reality of what happened at that time as well. And so that was a kind of a, a, a tough line to walk without, you know, offending anyone or pissing people off, but it was, I, I think we, we pulled it off. You absolutely did. That was a really powerful episode. I'm sure you've gotten amazing feedback. I see some of your social media feed on it of people thanking you for, for talking about a difficult subject yes. to talk about. And, you know, you, you weren't, it's tough to, I, I don't know what the writer's room was like when you were like, we're going to talk about this. It's <laughs> not every comedy writer's dream to come up to try to face that challenge, but but you, yeah. the way you guys did it was interesting. As you say, you alluded to it. You talked about the fact that no one talked about it. And then everyone was great. I love the the actor that you had in to play the fun priest, Rodrigo, at, at the end, yeah. who's walking into this situation. So, I mean, every episode, that's probably the, you know, the most bang on in that way. But every episode has has heart to it at the end. There's a twist. There's a uh, a message of you know optimism over over the other things that are talked about and the fact that you again make this whole show you guys you know it was it was a uh, it was a sparse uh, you know not a lot of money going around growing up in that in the household and then the fox character having other other families that were worse off than your own and and you're always alluding to it and talking about helping each other but you're never trying to be anything that you're that you're not in in the show and i think that's gonna you know really hit home and obviously it is hitting home with a lot of people because you have season two now when you when you got the word that it's renewed which isn't a given in canadian entertainment so you got season two coming now are you yet at the point where margaret atwood with handmaid's tale was like well I, the, the whole seat it's the story's done and now they're they're on season nine or something <laughs> I, I, yeah. I know it's a different show but <laughs> Yeah. You got enough stories to get us through how many seasons, Mark? Oh, I, well, eventually you will be cast for this podcast, I'm hoping. Uh, <laughs> there'll be an actor years from now, and the voice will be like, yeah, in those days they had podcasts, which was something a little, it was like radio, but on a computer, which is kind of like the hologram chip that we use now. And, I, can't, uh, I can't wait for that version of Steve Patterson not to know how to use technology either. That's right. Yeah, yeah, just a, yeah, a blank hologram. Before before he was convicted of space murder, Steve <laughs> Patterson was a comedian. But uh, yeah, there's, there's lots more to go. I mean, we had to get into when I was 15, I, I rented out the LSP Hall Theater here in St. John's and, and pipped off or took off from school and did 1130 sketch comedy show at the age of 15 for drunks. And and so there's lots of stuff to yet get into. But uh, and the family. So, like, you know, I think, you know, school years you do uh you know for up to a certain point and see how it goes and 
And I would I would get off the the train once it started to get really bad. You know, I would I don't want to stick around too long. Uh, and as long as our cast is really excited about it and stuff, you know, we got a great cast. We have wonderful young people that are just so amazing and so excited about coming back. So I, I think there's still a few old yarns left in the yarn bucket oh. Uh, oh. to have a talk. I mean, I can't wait. It shows no. I mean, I enjoyed the book so much. And now you're on your uh, second book, an, an embarrassment of critches. And that's got to be that <laughs> yeah. stuff's got to be open season as well for you. Are you getting what's the word you're getting from fellow Newfoundlanders and Labradorians that this is a Newfoundland story being told unapologetically Newfoundland. There's lots of Newfoundland comedy, obviously uh, the old Codco days I'm thinking back to, obviously this hour has a tinge, but that goes more national, but this you're bringing us to, to the real Newfoundland. You know, the, I just watched the Christmas episode just before this and the, the whole mummers thing, which we don't have time to go into, but seems like a Halloween Christmas combination that would yeah. seem insane to most people but is well known to Newfoundlanders. What's the feedback you're getting from Newfoundlanders about, about this? I, you know, it's funny because I think people here where I live are kind of used to me and they're like, oh, I am at the shows and stuff. Yeah. So like, you don't really get people going like, Oh, I enjoyed the thing. They're like, Hey, Craig, how's it going? But I get people like car stopping and people running up saying they love the show and they're, and they're very proud of it. And they, they like to like it because it different generations can watch it together and find yeah. something. And, and they say it's brought back TV night for them where they'll actually sit down on that night and watch it. So yeah, the, the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive from people. And um, yeah, they, 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 they seem to like it unless they're lying to me. I can't tell. But uh, but they they seem to go out of their way to tell me. So people they, very which, rarely run up to a celebrity to lie about liking something. I think well, they I would probably know. just not do it. I, I'm always I'm always it's so rare in Canada. Like you know, like I'll go, oh yeah yeah, you're that person. I kind of feel like it, like people know you. They're kind of like, oh that's that guy from that thing. Or yeah. They're not like, oh my god, I just have to say I like what you do. And I was very suspicious of my wife when I first met her because. I was in this pub, Christians in St. John's. It was early and I was talking to a friend and she came up and said, hi, excuse me. I just want to say, I, I, I like your show. I, I like what you do. And, you know, and she was quite pretty. And, and I thought, okay. And I actually looked behind her and I was like, uh-huh. And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, oh yeah, you, li you like my show, do you? And I was waiting for it. You know, I was waiting for like, just kidding. Uh, he stepped me over, you idiot. And, and I was like, and I was looking to see Majumder behind her going, ha, 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 you thought somebody <laughs> liked you. And that was my reaction. And she was like, what the hell is wrong with this asshole? And, I, and, and then I was like, oh, you really like it? And she's like, she mentioned something that was on the show. And I was like, oh, you actually saw it? You know, and I was like, so I, I almost blew that whole thing. Just from being like, you know, like, like a battered dog or something. You know, it's like, want a treat? <laughs> and that's what Canadian entertainment does to you. It's kind of like, what or is that want? just what Majumner does to you? Yeah, that's what Majumner. <laughs> well, that's part. There of it. is, there is that too. There was a history of pranks that got. I will but. say, uh, my my a quick Majumner story. Sean Majumner, um, the the hot second that I was working on twenty two minutes, he and I flew back from uh, Halifax to Ottawa together, or to uh, Toronto together, and uh, he got bumped up because everybody on uh, everybody knew who he was. So because I was traveling with him, I got bumped up too. It was awesome. We're in first class. And about halfway through the flight, somebody from coach 
kind of sneaks past the little curtain and comes up to Sean and kind of bends down and goes, Hey man, I just, I just really wanted to say that like, I'm a huge fan of your work. Like you're my favorite person on Saturday night live right now. (laughs) Well, that's everything. He was so great. He was so gracious about it. It was hilarious. You know, people are always, you know, there's always, they kind of have an idea of what's happening, but they're like, you know, Oh, yeah, I love you on Air Force. What's it like to work with Rick Mercer? Well, Rick left 22 years ago. <laughs> Air Force and 22 Minutes are two different shows. Air Force is no longer on the, well, this one is. Yeah, great. And we keep up the great work. I, <laughs> I love you on Front Page Challenge. You know, just, <laughs> let's, let's just stop. I, I get a lot of people who say they watch the debaters every week, and I'm like, do you? Yeah. You watch our radio now? show every week. All right. Do you know? I got to ask this question because uh, it, it segues nicely into uh, into our second section here. What's it going to take now to get you out to comedy at Woody Point? Because, Mark, I know you're a big national celebrity now. Woody Point, I'm not sure if you know this, is on the other side of the very province that you live in. And they are starting to think maybe Mark Critch isn't coming. Maybe he's one of those townies that has forsaken us. I was there uh, a couple of years ago with my book and and did a whole thing. You weren't there that year. So we're missing each other. Right. But That's now true. we're we're filming the show in the summer. So I can't because I'll be filming. And the problem right. is with our provinces, it's it's it's, it's a, s- a small amount of people, but it is quite Big. long. It's, it's a nine hour yes. drive yeah. or whatever it is from St. John's. So I would certainly try. All but right. It depends. It's like time wise with the shooting because we'd be yeah. shooting. You know, that's the, that's the trick. But I, I can you. send fake me young Benjamin Evan Ainsworth out. Give a and picture. And I'll, I'll send him out to do a, a what, do, what do you need? Like 40 minutes? 40 I'll minutes. I'll get him. Yeah. You'll, you'll just talk through an earpiece. He'll do like your current stuff, but it's delivered by Ben. I like, I love the idea. Hello. I'm sorry. Mark Rich could not be here. I am the emergency <laughs> replacement Ben. Remain calm. How many Newfoundlanders are here tonight? Is he a British actor? Is he British? He's ben? a British, yeah. He's oh, from wow. Yorkshire. Yorkshire, oh, wow. And uh, he's actually playing Pinocchio opposite Tom Hanks in the new Disney Pinocchio film that'll be out, I think, at Christmas. Wow! So uh, yeah, he's start with with Critch and Hanks in the same year. That's the twofer, buddy. That's the twofer every kid looks for. Yeah, he worked for Tom Hanks first, and then me, or as we call it in the business, career suicide. He had a good run, buddy. I could I could just talk to you all day, but you don't have that kind of time anymore. And oh, uh, come on, we've done this many a time. The sun isn't even up. Normally we, we stop talking. It's like, hey, the sun went from black to blue. <laughs> Are we, Mark? Why do we have hula hoops? Uh, what's that, how do we get got, these? Yeah, yeah. That's just a little. Uh, we won't go further with that story. Anyway, we'll be right back after the break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And now back to the Canadian star system. We have a section now called... Quick questions. Quick questions. And what we do is we ask you these and we just ask you to answer real quick if you can. All right? Yeah. Is that the first one? That's the first one. First question. How cool is it that you have your uh, face on a beer bottle and a beer named after you? I have a multiple choice. Cool, very cool, or the coolest? Uh, The coolest and also problematic because I give you free work. (laughs) Oh, my God, buddy. Of all the things you've done, and I should envy other things more, that's the one. You know that. I want to. You got a beer named after you before I did. And if I only had a if only had a gravy, (laughs) if there was a Patterson, like like Paul, like Newman's own, but it's Patterson's own gravy, (laughs) but just gravy. I would take that if anyone if anyone's out there, if we can get a gravy sponsor, write that down. (laughs) I got it. Okay. Given that you're on a roll for a trilogy with your books now, you have Son of a Critch and you have an embarrassment of critches, which of the following is closest to a possible third book title? The Lion, the Critch, and the Wardrobe, Critch's Creek, or Critch's Get Stitches? Does it get a little darker in the third book? What you- I would say uh, Critch's Get Stitches or A Critch in Time. A Ooh. Critch in Time. <laughs> well done. You're always. What about, what about Critch, please? <laughs> I, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Oh. I, I feel that's uh, too exciting for me. I like to stay in, 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 yeah. A Christian time. I'm 100% that critch. Uh, yeah, 99 problems, but a critch ain't one. <laughs> there it is. There it I like, is. I like that one. And um, it's just numbered, like one problem, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like climate change. And there's a page on that. <laughs> we got to make a call on this one. You got to pick a favorite. I know the Newfoundlanders don't always like to pick favorites. Alan Doyle or Alan Hocko? Who's your favorite Alan? Oh, gee. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Alan Hocko, because he would be sookier that I said Alan Doyle. Yeah, but it's going to make it tough. Uh, Alan, Doyle's, Alan Doyle's done the music on your show, like ongoing. But, if he gets but Alan was Alan's just like, oh, good for you. That's deadly. That's wonderful. That's amazing. And where Hocko would be, how come you didn't pick me? So it's like, <laughs> I'm going to just pick Hocko. Get right. it over with. Well played. Best place to end a night out on in St. in George Street in St. John's. Uh, on actual George Street, if it's yeah. the end of the night, I would say Christian's Pub, we where you met there. the beautiful Melissa. Yeah, yeah, that's a good place. Yeah, before that, you'd be like O'Reilly's or all these different places, and you'd be a night at Italy D and having a great time. 
but in there's a good place because they might close the door and let you. Yeah, <laughs> that is my favorite thing about that place. And uh, last reference to drinking, we had some at the beginning, then we and then I got away from it, but now let's come back. Your, do you have a favorite Irish whiskey or Scotch, Mark Critch? Oban. Yeah, Oban. That's a good one. Oban. I, guess, Oban. I believe it's Oban. 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 Every time I order it, I like I get I I get afraid because the waiter will always correct me one way or the other. Like I've been, <laughs> I, I was like Oban, 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 and they're like I was like no, it's Oban, it's Oban, it's Oban, it's Orion, and I'm like I don't. So now I'm afraid to even say it. So you cause me uh, upset. But yeah, that would be that would be my my favorite. How about you, old friend? What would be uh, yours? You hit right there. I mean, if it's an Irish whiskey, I'm going to go red breast. But I mean, yeah. I like any of the Glens. All of them are listed on a receipt that I have from you and I going out in Halifax one night. And then I took it to my wife, who's also my manager. And and I go, she goes, well, why'd you pay for this? I'm like, because Mark, cause she, she goes, because Mark, I go, because Mark paid for dinner. I'm like, yeah, I can write off dinner. So again, you win this yeah. round of business savvy, Mark Ridge. Yeah, and uh, 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 come on my podcast, CRA says it's a mistake. It's a, it's a... <laughs> I would like to do that. CRA said no with Steve Patterson. C- <laughs> uh, these are fill in the blanks, and then we'll have you bring on our second guest. There's only two. Which also Canadian... would be a great name for a band. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Like Huey Lewis in the yeah. news. But it's Phil Collins, and the backing group is the bank. Blank. <laughs> or if Eddie you like Landing money. Phil. <laughs> Phil in the blank. I'm writing that down. I'm taking any of your ideas now. They could all be a show. The Canadians, <laughs> the Canadian star system is blank. <laughs> uh, uh, pleasant. Pleasant. <laughs> that's yeah, probably the most Canadian answer we've had. Yeah, yeah, it's pleasant. It's like, oh, that's good for him. That's lovely. Oh, you're on that program where you, his sister did a Murdoch mystery. <laughs> and he came back to town and he was more than happy to uh, do the reading at the wing. Not too big. <laughs> That's the Canadian star system. Hasn't gotten too big for his britches. Oh, there could yeah. be britches. Not too big for his critches. All right. And yeah, oh, too big for my critches. There too big go. for his critches. And living next door to the United States is like having someone burn garbage in the yard next. It's always, it's there. You can't look away. You try to ignore it. You can smell it. You can feel it. You can hear it. And it might blow up at any time and you're worried, but you're afraid to call the police. Perfect. Perfect answer. That's the answer (laughs) of a man who's in writing mode right now. It ruins your laundry. (laughs) It's just blowing over. It's like, ah, put the clothes out on the line. Now they, they smell like tires. The clothes out on the line is a, that's right from a Newfoundland Labrador ad right there too. If we put clothes out on the line in my Toronto neighborhood, they're one way or another, they're gone before they're trying. <laughs> it's like, look, he's trying to, he's trying to spell something. So he's, he's trapped. He's, he's got, he's got things out there. He's, he's trying to signal you. It's like, no, it's just long. It's long. Yeah. We get a SWAT team. Well, my friend, I have no further questions for you because uh, that's what the people, that's what the people want to hear. They want to hear about the writer, creator, of Son of a Critch of 22 Minutes. You had to give up one, one show to our good friend Trent or else you had three shows on simultaneously on CBC. It would be just Mark Critch Night. They would have to rename the night Mark Critch Yeah, I, I stepped away from the Halifax Comedy Festival because I thought I had three shows. That's when the truckers would come for me. It'd be like <laughs> it'd be like Mad Max and Pierre Polly as a dune buggy in the front going, there he is! There like, he no, is. no, please. I, 
I just wanted to make everyone smile. So could you please introduce us to the person you brought with you today? Well, um, I'm a big fan of the person I have brought with me to this wonderful podcast. Her name is Vicki Mullally. She's from uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. Surprise, surprise. Yes, I favorite. She is a, a comedian and writer and a wonderful uh, musical parody person. Yeah. And she is uh, very funny. And what I love uh, most about Vicky is uh, just how uh, positive she is and how much a hard worker she is and how very, very much she wants this as, as a career. And she has a great love for uh, entertaining people and she puts the work in. So I, I think the whole country should know her because she's funny and she's a good person. Wow. Vicky! Yay! Is Vicky there? I'm here. Hello, Vicky. Mark wouldn't say Hello. your last name. Are you going by one name, like Madonna now? <laughs> Mark's not my last name. Malali, like I, a lollipop. I did. You just didn't hear it. I mm. didn't. I don't know why I didn't hear it. I was listening for it. <laughs> Malali, because I remember her. Uh, Vicky came out to writers, uh, not writers, sorry, comedy at Woody Point last summer with us. And uh, I remember her saying that right before she went on stage. It's Malali, <laughs> like a lollipop. And yeah. I was terrified that I was going to introduce her as like Vicky. Malolipop, just by like <laughs> Vicky. Mm. Thank you for being on here today. And uh, what is what's it like to get an intro like that from that all this support from Mark Critch? I've known him twenty five years. He's never said anything like that about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm very very excited to be here. I I jump at any chance to to do anything with Mark and yourself. Uh, and it's lovely to meet you as well, Diana. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's surreal to have Mark. Uh, say those nice things about me because back at you my friend really appreciate it he's always in, in my corner which i really it really is appreciate. and uh the newfoundland nepotism continues doesn't it? Are you, <laughs> i'm here for it you're all just you're laying the groundwork and there could be a, a show in the works you always got to watch mark and watch what he's done it's been a this, this slow roll right and then i knew he was going to strike at some point when the striking was just right <laughs> now are you you're based in st john's as well I am. I'm uh, I, I guess I've been in town almost as long as I lived out around the bay. So I'm slowly becoming a townie, Mark. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Do you want to you want to take a quick shot at explaining? Because uh, it's not my place to say, but people talk about Newfoundlanders and their uh, legendary hospitality. And it's obviously true. And people come from away and, uh, you know, they're they're always charmed by St. John's. And then they get out to the place. Gross Morn is an incredible place to just behold. But there's a rivalry in between, isn't there, between the people from the Bay and the townies? And there uh, is is there a threat of Newfoundland on Newfoundland uh, violence taking over? <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's very when you there's something I think it's when you grow up around a body of water, there's a pride that comes with it. And if you grew up where there was traffic lights, it's not the same. <laughs> I'm from Vancouver, which has both traffic lights and water. So we right. just beat ourselves up emotionally all the time. <laughs> Much more efficient. That's right. You don't need anyone else to make fun. Mark's talking about your, your musical parodies that you do. And that's where I, I believe I first saw you perform out at the gathering uh, at mm -hmm. Sean Jumder's gathering in Burlington. And uh, I was really, was really impressed by the, the music comedy set. I'm, I've always been a fan of, of music and comedy and you know, not being afraid to do it. Sometimes traditional stand-ups will think you shouldn't break into song, but, uh, you know, none of them have a show, so I don't care what they say. What, uh, <laughs> where, does the, where does the musical background come from? Would you 
would you do you have a musical career as well? There's so much uh, so many great musicians out in St. John's or do you always just want to make people laugh and you happen to be a, a really good singer as well? It's well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I there's for some reason when it's being when it's just goofing around, I have the confidence to do it. But if it was like singing an anthem or something, I would be like so nervous. So I don't know. I uh, my my family's a bit musical. My brother's very musical. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's it's mainly like, yeah, I can carry a tune and I just like to shoehorn in as many jokes as I as I can. It's it's really for the laugh. The other thing I like is you take on both, you know, general themes. You've had a, uh, a whole thing about Tinder, but within Tinder is mm-hmm. a lot of local references. And some of your stuff is is uh, super local. Like it's about, uh, you know, the, like the Newfoundland break right. in at banks with a backhoe, which I, I personally <laughs> like. The, do you and this is a good question for both of you, really. But are you inspired? We're all inspired by Mark to a different degree. But are you inspired by seeing? The, the success of Son of a Critch, the story of a, a Newfoundland family that's not afraid to be all about Newfoundland and just telling the story with enough detail that you can tell it to the rest of Canada or the rest of the world and they're, they're still going to get it. Yeah, watching. So like I, I've read Mark's books and just seeing it be turned into such a fantastic piece of work, like just from a, for, even just from a absorbing entertainment point of view it's really great to watch but yeah the sense of pride of just it's i don't know how to put it into words just so so proud to see something homegrown like that on a national scale worldwide scale i have uh i have no doubt that that it's just only up from here so it's just a different sense of of pride yeah i don't know if you were listening earlier but has he ever told you you got to make your own way? <laughs> <laughs> you ever said that that word to you? Uh, not to my face, I don't think. Mark, have you? <laughs> no, Mark has been like always, always in my corner, whether it's uh, asking me to hop on shows with him or I have been sub- submitting packages to 22 Minutes for several years and he's always been in my corner on that and um this year finally got the call which was awesome got called up to write for a few episodes so that was uh that was great and it was just nice at at a time when um well especially with mark's multiple shows now just that it worked out that he was also like working at that time i was just pumped Mark, mark write out one of my jokes on one of the shows it was really it was awesome and I just say as well, as somebody who kind of got one of my first TV breaks writing for 22 as well, it's something that I so appreciate about that show is that you don't always have to have a big fancy agent. You just, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got a decent package and you know, some, you know, kind of a couple people, 22, I love the fact that they take risks and and save a little bit of the budget at the end of every season to be able to bring in a couple people for two weeks or six weeks, and then it might become more. And I really wish that there, we had more platforms like that in Canada to g- help give. I mean, the debaters does that as well. It's another great spot for, you know, up and coming comedians to sort of get their first credit, get their first gig. But we really need more of that in Canada. I couldn't agree more. There's a show on uh, CBC radio called Madly Off in All Directions, you know. Yeah. And that was Lauren Elliott crisscrossing the country. And, and every stop, place they stopped, they would have on local acts. And that was my first time on national radio. Me too. Yeah. Was, was doing that. Right. And everybody's first time was on that. And it was always funny with uh, show posters. It's everybody had from madly off in all directions. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, 
and, even, and eventually even audiences go, okay, well, everybody's done. We got it. But yeah. I, I think the debaters is become this wonderful thing where people, that's where you hear new comedic voices and comedic voices that are, have been around for a long time, but aren't heard enough by our uh, broadcaster because there's not enough venues and stuff like that. So it's interesting that way that radio is kind of the place where they've always mm-hmm. found the new people. And, and, and that's a great thing. I mean, obviously, I agree with you. It is a great show. The host does a great job. And <laughs> one thing I've noticed, Mark, is that um, you've been on the debaters several times, and I've never been on any of the myriad of shows that you do, except for <laughs> Halifax Comedy <laughs> Fest. So yeah. when is there going to be a role? I mean, when is there going to be a role for a gravy guy or something in Son of a Critch where it's just a man eating gravy that I, I can I can pull up? Well, what they told me is, <laughs> is at, at the network, yeah. um, I don't know if you've met Bob Broadcasting. He's the president of CBC. Bob W. <laughs> Broadcasting, yep. And he uh, and he told me that uh, the problem is that for the, they've tested tested mm-hmm. it, and for the, uh, two pasty Irishy guys <laughs> with you know uh, uh, both you know with with glasses now and maybe getting a little thinner on top, and uh, it's almost impossible for so, uh, your average person to tell us apart. <laughs> and that they're like Saskatchewan. <laughs> the viewers in Saskatchewan are like, is that the same potatoey guy? And they're like, no, it's a different, different it's potatoey a different guy. Potatoey guy. Yeah, and so they're <laughs> they're they're having a lot of that that sort of a a, a problem. But uh, now that I'm wearing a wig, on yeah. of a critch, I don't think it's a problem. I was gonna say, I, all right, you could play uh, maybe the brother uh, or something like that. You know, I could see this, like in the older years. Yeah, I just got, so I got to wait. <laughs> no, I mean, a, a Mike's mm-hmm. brother or something like that. We've had one brother that could be another brother, but I oh, think. Oh, right, uh, right, right. And Vicky, yeah. have you uh, been involved with Son of a Critch yet at all in, in writing or in, in acting? Not, no, um, not yet. I, I Like, I mean, looking at it, it's, it seems like a great time to be 11 or 12 in <laughs> Newfoundland. That's the problem. Um, and, yeah. uh, if you're not if you're not 12 or 80 you're screwed yeah. <laughs> you know so it, it is tough to fit other age groups in i think vicky has an age into it but you know there's got to be something for sure but i mean if there's an eating gravy roll that's that's promised to me hey, Steve, hey, vicky, you. why are you already honing in i've got it's, the eating gravy roll i've called dip. there's there's unions here that protect the rights of us gravy <laughs> eaters okay? to play yeah. all gravy eating all Steve, you can be <laughs> selling gravy. the gravy you be selling the gravy vicky eats the gravy right Right. Yeah, she I just believe. go, mm, Patterson's own. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's the gravy you could eat as a soup. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming on strictly to hawk a product, and then I will make that product. I need that. So. <laughs> Patterson's own. <laughs> Vicky, let's get back to you. You were named, and I don't even know if you know this, funniest person in Newfoundland in 2017, and then overcast best comic. And I'm not sure exactly what that means. That's best comic when it's not sunny. Uh, in, two, in 2018, what's it like to have that on your resume? It's a place full of very funny people, obviously, legendary performers coming from there. And now mm-hmm. I don't even know if Mark has that on his resume. Funniest person in, in Newfoundland. I don't I don't even have funniest person on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 2017 that was uh, James Mullinger's comedy boot camp. He brought a he brought a competition here and that was okay. uh, that was super fun. And the uh, overcast was like a, a media uh, outlet at one point in time that I don't think is operating anymore. But um, they did a really good like 
nice thing at the end of every year, like showcasing different forms of the arts and um, just shining light on uh, local talent, which was awesome. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's really cool. It's, it sounds like I haven't done anything since 2018. Though. No, no. <laughs> well, there's been you, a bit of a pause worldwide. So you, that, that media outlet folded. So that's the thing. You would have continued, but they went under. I had them shut down because they wouldn't make me the funniest God. people. So I went in with the cigar. Like, makes- I own this town. <laughs> it all makes sense. You, you want to see a resume that makes it look like you haven't done something in a while. You uh, you do a gig for Speaker Spotlight and get introduced as his his set at the 2010 Just for Laughs was described by Steve <laughs> Martin. And then they bring me on as if I've been cryogenically frozen for 12 years. <laughs> I have a question um, for both Vicky and Mark, if I can jump in for sure. a second. You are um, the co-host. Yes. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I should probably yeah. chat a little bit more. Uh and, and this kind of comes, and this is, I'm asking this question specifically because, uh, Mark, I, I remember very specifically a moment when uh, we were working together on 22 Minutes. There would always be a time when you write your sketches and then they're go, they've gone down to the, the, you know, to the more important people to decide what's going to be chosen mm. for the week. And everybody would just sit around, all the writers would sit around the table and drink scotch at the end of the day, waiting to see what was going to be produced. And uh, in that moment, Everybody told these amazing hell gig stories. And to this day, I re- like anytime anybody tells a hell gig story about the entertainment industry, it takes me back to that moment of sitting mm. around drinking scotch, which I don't enjoy, but I did. I drank it for the, you know, to try and fit in. <laughs> uh, my question for both of you is what is your best worst gig story? Doing stand up, <laughs> sketch, anything. Vicky, let's start with you. You better not say Woody Point last summer. <laughs> I would I'm never. Watching. I would never. Oh goodness. I don't I'm I'm sure it's not just my experience, but like the best shows I've done have been for zero dollars, probably. Hmm. And some of the worst have been for like good month, good just, sums. Just cor- corporate corporate yeah. gigs that don't always go the best. Or they're not as much fun, I should say. I had a corporate where there was um, it was standing room only and there was two open bars and uh, (laughs) the the guy in charge was trying to give away envelopes of like gift cards and money to his employees (laughs) and they weren't even listening to him. So I was like, I don't have a chance. (laughs) He's trying to give them money. I don't have a chance here. So I think I went up for like I was like 12 minutes and I just looked at him and I was like, I do you want me to stay here? And he's like, he was like, you can get down. And I was like, thanks. Um, so kind of just, you know, I would have stayed up there had the people who hired me wanted me to, I would have would have suffered through it. But I was just like, mutually here, is this the best? <laughs> he just hands you an envelope of money that he can't give away. Just yeah. wrap it up. That's a, that's a veteran. When, that's a veteran move, Vicky. It's a veteran move bailing on a 45. <laughs> like, do I? Oh, it wasn't 45. It was only like 20 years. Yeah. That's what. OK. Yeah. Uh, Mark. Mark's just sifting through the Rolodex of gigs. I mean, Mark came through the hard scrabble streets of St. John. Boy, I've had lots of the uh, uh, two come to mind. One was a at a home show. They wanted stand up comedy like in a stadium. And like, you know how you go from booth to booth to booth, this winding thing. And this guy said to get attention, you'd be in stand up. But. I'd be standing there in front of his booth, but of course, people only walk by for this long. <laughs> and like, ah, so how's everybody doing today? Like, so anyway, so I'm talking to the guy in the restaurant, and people are like, "What? Well, it's not gonna." And I, I told him, I said, "I told you this is not gonna work." And but the other worst one I ever had was I had to fly up north to an event, and before their Christmas party, and I got there, and everybody was sitting around. It was all volunteer fire people, 
And they were, they said, you're the guy at the airport, take me up. And he's like, you better be some funny. And I'm like, well, what happened? He goes, oh, it's not for me to say. Chief has to tell you. I'm like, what the frig? So we go to this guy's house. They're on the basement. They're sitting around. And the chief goes, you think you're a comedian, are you? And then somebody else goes, I don't think it's funny. And it's like, and I'm like, what's going on? And one of their coworkers had very sadly taken his own life. And uh, they decided to go ahead with the event. And I was the comedian. I was the oh. And it was the next night. And then they go up and my the accommodations they had for me were a little room next to the conference room where this man had taken his own life. And I had to wait at the chief's house because there was a, a fire chief's house because they were having a uh, emergency meeting for anyone who was feeling really bad about what happened uh, with a therapist or counselor. But they're having it in the meeting room, which is where it happened. So then they bring me in there. They put me in. The guy's like, you better be funny. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I had like no money. You know, it was like one of the first corporate gigs. I'm like, oh, it's $150, you know, and uh, whatever it was. And so the next day, it's like, yada, 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 make a long story short. I go down to this thing. They're having their Christmas dinner, which was all planned. And people are like, you know, wait to start. And the guy goes, well, you better be very funny. And, uh, and, he's, and, and I said, I, please, please, please stop this, you know? And anyways, it was, well, there was one speaker before you. And they bring out the man's widow. Oh, my God. Oh, no. stands at, you know the sound of one of those gooseneck mic yeah. uh, stands? Yeah. You know, and it was like just the Grim Reaper coming for me. And she's like, you know. Well, if he was alive today, he'd be always love the Christmas party and he'd want to be here for the and she's crying and they're all and it's a big thing and she's I want you to have this even though he couldn't believe he would have wanted you to carry on and and they cry and everybody's crying. <sighs> and she leaves, they they somebody takes her out and they're crying and just sniffing. <laughs> You're Comedian tonight. <laughs> and it's like the Wikipedia like, has appeared oh, on Madly no. Off in all directions. Uh, Mark Rich. <sighs> and then I go out and then people are getting up shaking their heads. And somebody said, I don't think it's funny. It's like, well, I'm not going to make fun of that. <laughs> and I go out there and I just tried and tried. And as I was going up to the mic, the guy leaned in and said, you know, there's a guy here, a really old guy, retired. He's got a really old truck. That might help. <laughs> it's like, great. So I go, I talk for like 15 minutes to nothing, right? To anger, to upset, to fear still. And then I go like, is there an Edgar here? The old guy holds up his hand. I say, man, you, you almost look as old as your truck. And they all laugh. <laughs> and uh and i said something like you know oh his truck is so old it's an f1 they're like oh, oh, oh. and i'm like so i just make fun of this guy doing old truck jokes for a couple of minutes by the end they're like, he brought back christmas and they're all giving me drinks <laughs> and uh yeah so it was the weirdest it was the lowest moment but you know you pull out there's always some way i but hey, that was, and I, I really rethought things after that. <laughs> you, <laughs> you turned it around, buddy. That F1 joke is solid. I'm taking that. Um, <laughs> it's solid. That well, it's, and then I mentioned how he was old and, and he's like, oh, oh it's true. <laughs> yeah. So I'll never, you know, 
you never know what's come, waiting for you at the end of the road. Like well, getting there is tough, but once you're there, we God could uh, we could see the reenaction of that in Son of a Critch season 15. So I will uh, <laughs> yeah. I will look forward to that, my friend. Uh, Vicky, what do you have coming up? Anything coming up around Newfoundland? Are you coming this way anytime soon towards the t- Toronto area? I might be coming to Toronto over the summer. My brother and his family live in Burlington, so we usually pop up there. Doing any shows, or are we just should we just go see you at your brother's? <laughs> yeah, you should probably just come see me at my brother's. Okay. I usually do. I usually like do a drive by at Yuck. I'll just write Ryan and say, "Hey, can I hop on the show if I'm in town?" Right. I just had yeah, like the main thing that had on the go was. We just had a showcasing for Dust for Laughs here in Newfoundland, so that's oh, done great. now. But that was awesome. Yeah, always good great. when they when they come here. And we record. I recorded for um, an album for them last year, Stand Up Atlantic. That's Infinity right. Plus Pizza. That. I'm on that one. Yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah, COVID is really, it's it's really like limited opportunities, but also even just I find I'm pickier about them now. Where yeah. <laughs> where it's like. When you had a break for a while, like I, I guess I didn't realize how burnt, how like go 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 I was, and then when you're forced into a break, I was like, oh, likes this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna focus more on um, like flexing my writing muscle that I just um, it's still very much in development. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely walked away from 22 as as a better writer overall they have such a hilarious team over there i learned so much from from all of them and they all took me under their wing and it was amazing so yeah just knowing that just uh, a flicker of an idea could become a two or three minute sketch and it's uh it's it's really nice just to know that you can make something in enough in that way so i i, I got some flexing to do well of, uh, you've definitely moment. got a great guy in your corner here obviously in the, in me and then mark's obviously pretty supportive as well too so mm-hmm. uh if you want to ask either of us <laughs> we're, we're just a phone call away uh <laughs> mr critch is it uh are you it you go right into production on season two this summer yeah yeah I finished 22 minutes so we're already been writing you know uh wow. for uh, a bunch of got a bunch written and writing some more and we're we're the, the machine is rolling and then we'll finish that and we'll go right into uh 22 in September kind of the next day kind of thing. What and season of 22 will it be next season? 30. It'll 30, be 30 30th fun season. years. Wow. Of of 22 minutes which is incredible. And uh, working on a new project, actually a new TV show for Global, the good folks over there about a young guy who has older parents who finds a way forward during musical comedy and and stand up called Son of a Patterson. Oh, <laughs> I, I auditioned for that, and they said you're not quite right for it. So yeah, so it's you know it's it's uh, and it's uh, some things are not debatable. It's a tagline, and I'm really happy <laughs> to be moving forward with that. I uh, I wish that was legally binding, and that the global had to do it now. <laughs> Buddy, I am uh, I have no claim on the ownership of your success, but uh, I th- you know. I was going to ask you right out of the gate how much of your success you direct you attribute directly to me, but um, I'm real. Twenty seven percent. Thank you. I'll take that. I'm real, uh, <laughs> real proud to know you and see what you've been able to uh, to do with your own story. I was blown away when I read your book, Son of a Critch. I'm uh, blown away by the the uh, the heart behind the show. I think it's going to be a big hit for a really long time for you. And uh, I don't want to end the show on a on a down note, but I've just got this word in. Edgar has died. Edgar is dead now. Um, he was found in his truck. 
will be missed. And whatever comedian is going, I think Vicky was just booked to play that wake. Oh, oh man. Yeah. It's all full circle. So you can come forward uh, right there. Mention the age of the truck is my only advice. <laughs> the truck will have its own obituary. I'll read it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, obituary. Another one. That could be the last episode. <laughs> that yeah. would be the last, a very special edition of obituary. Yes. That I like, <laughs> I like, yeah. Steve would just really like your show to be called Pun of a Critch, if that's at all possible. Oh, no, that's not bad, too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to get if I can be gravy eating guy, then that's my <laughs> that's my wish. Thank you so much, guys, for being part of the uh, Canadian Star System this week. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like the show, please subscribe or follow us for free wherever you get your podcasts. The Canadian Star System is produced by Diana Francis and Steve Patterson in association with the Apostrophe Podcast Network. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit our website at canadianstarsystem.ca where you can find links to their work and their socials. Speaking of socials, you can follow at CanadianStarPod and at ApostrophePod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our editor and sound technician is Donovan Deschner of Fracture Ephemer Productions. Music by Mark Camilleri of Imagine Sound Studios. Special thanks to Terry O'Reilly, Debbie O'Reilly, Callie O'Reilly, and Nancy Patterson, who is an honorary O'Reilly. And since you're doing such a good job of listening to the credits, there's a bonus clip for you after Steve sings us out. So give it up to these good because our self-promotion sucks. And if they all went away, we sure wouldn't miss them. The Canadian Star System. Sooner or later. Oh, <laughs> we didn't even get into that. I missed that opportunity. That was Mark. Mark, I, I had Mark in we uh, drunkenly one night at one of the festivals, probably Halifax. <laughs> Mark introduced me on stage to an audience as he's also one of the founding members of the sketch group Schooner or Later. And uh, <laughs> and people acted like they knew what it was, even though yeah, I was like, you guys remember Schooner or Later? Do you guys remember Schooner? Yeah, <laughs> woo, you love them, right? <laughs> Well, we've got one of the founding members of Schooner Later right here tonight. Like, Whoa. And, and he came out and it was like, yeah, great fun. They love Schooner Later. I don't know who they are. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.